is a Woodside Church podcast. So we continue our series, um, Lessons from the Wilderness. And the title for today, I will reveal shortly. But this series is based in um, the book of Exodus. And we are looking at the story of the Israelites moving from Egypt to the promised land. And there are lessons that we can draw from this story for our walk with God today. And so far it's been very great. So if you've missed any of it, I'll encourage you to go online and revisit it. So the title for this morning is about intercession, the power of intercession. And we all have questions about prayer. And I also have that question, that why do we need to pray at all? Because God is all-knowing, all-powerful. Why is it important that we pray? He can choose to do anything he wants to do. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful. Why does he need us to pray? And there are questions about how do we even cope in times of weakness? And these are questions that as we look at this passage, we can begin to learn from the story here and encourage ourselves. As I was preparing for this, I was reminded by this song, Ancient Words, by Michael Smith. And a few of the lines read, Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. This book here resounds with God's own heart. They are words of life, words of hope. It gives us strength and helps us to cope. In this world where we roam, ancient words will guide us home. This book here, the word of God, will guide us home. The ancient words that have been written here will help us in our journey. It says, ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. And Father, we pray this morning that as we look at these ancient words, may it change us. We come with open hearts. Let your words impart us. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So the passage is from Exodus chapter 17, 8 to 16. And I read, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. 
and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands, held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hare held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I'll completely blot out the name of Amalek from heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So these are the ancient words. These are the words from scripture. This is the story that we are looking at this morning. So the first lesson we can take from this is that the devil can attack at any time. So the Israelites were very vulnerable. They were traveling from Egypt towards the promised land. So they were in the wilderness, very vulnerable and weak. And you think that the devil will have mercy on them, no. That is even the time that we are most susceptible to his attacks. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we are reminded in the Message Bible, it says that keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and will like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. So the devil always looks for the weak moments. He looks for the times that we are in the wilderness. He looks for the time that we are weak, even in our faith, to attack. And when we look at the story of Jesus in Matthew 4, 1 to 3, after his fasting, we read that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So you see the story here. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. And the devil takes him to the wilderness where, you know, there's no support. In the desert where there's no form of support anywhere. This man has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And what does he tempt him with? Food. So things that will cause us to sin, 
those things that will cause us to sin against God, these are the things that the devil is looking for to tempt us with. And Jesus was at his weakest point, and he took him away into the wilderness. So do you know somebody going through a rough patch in their lives, or you yourself, going through a difficult time? The best you can do for yourself when you are faced with very difficult situation, or if you know somebody who is going through difficult time, is to pray for that person. Because they are most vulnerable of attacks from the devil. That is not the time to be judgmental and say, why is this happening to this person? It's because he did that, he did that. No. The devil is waiting to pounce. And just as he pounced on the Israelites at their weakest moment, he's there to also attack us even at our weakest moments. The second point is that God works through obedient people. Victory could not have been won without Joshua and the men going to the battlefield and Moses standing on the hill and raising his hands. Sometimes we yearn for God to move in our midst, for revival to happen. But are we willing to take, do what it takes? Are we willing to obey what God is telling us? We are part of God's purpose. We are part of his plans. We are part of his divine purposes. And the question is, God could have chosen to just go and strike out the Amalekites. He opened the sea for the Israelites to walk through. So he's, he's, he's a great God. He could have just struck them out. But he chose to involve the people of Israel in that uh, battle. And it's the same thing. This shows us some things about God. When we look at the story of the leper in Matthew 8, 1 to 3, I read very quickly. It says that when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That statement is very loaded. It says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper is recognizing the sovereignty of God, that God can choose to heal him or not. And then verse 3 says that Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. There's a second story, John 9, 1 to 7. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sent this man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so the work of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, 
I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and he came home seeing. You see, Jesus took a different approach here. Says, you have to go and wash before the healing will come. Jesus decides to act in different ways. And when I was reading this, I thought, COVID and saliva. God, why didn't you just heal without, you know, the saliva and all that? But God chooses to act in different ways. And just as the, the leper said, ours... There are two principles we can take from here. God's sovereignty and our obedience. These are key ingredients for us to see God work in our midst. The work with the Israelites, there were times that God acted without them. There are times that God depended on their obedience for him to act. In our work with him, he chooses to act differently. He chooses to bring healing to somebody. He chooses not to bring healing to others. The breakthroughs that he brings to us are different. We can't compare our work to different people. God is sovereign. His ways are not our ways. And so we don't ask, why did you answer this person? Why is it that God, you are not answering me? Because he's sovereign. And this is one thing that we learn from this passage. Moses had to lift his hands up for victory to be won. And God chose to do it that way. And he had to obey. Without him obeying, victory would not have been won. The third point is that our prayer makes a difference. Our prayer makes a difference. And this is a question I have, and I'm sure most of us have. God, you are almighty. You are all-knowing. Why do I have to pray before you act? Again, that is the sovereignty of God. It's a privilege and a responsibility that God has put on us. That you and me, when we kneel before God... When we open our mouths to pray, it changes the course of life. It's a privilege. So if there are things happening around you and God calls you to pray, God lays a burden on you to pray, your obedience and your prayer means a lot. It can change things. It can make a difference. We read in James 5, 16 to 18, it says that, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a, a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it will not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. 
Elijah prayed and stopped the rain from coming. And the word of God is telling us that we are just like Elijah. We can also pray to change situations in our lives. The words that we utter in the spiritual realm can change things. So let's have that faith. There's this story of a person who was praying for a mountain to be moved. You know, praying for a mountain to be moved, it's, it requires a lot of faith. And we are told after praying in his bedroom, he opened the curtains and the mountain was still there. And he said, ah, just as I thought, you know, it's not going to move. And that is the attitude that we sometimes have. Oh, I am insignificant. My words are not important. So we are praying, but we don't expect the mountain to move. Be encouraged this morning that as a child of God, your words mean something. The prayer that you alter means something. Any time you are encouraged to pray, any time you go before God, any time you kneel before God, any time you alter words, it means something in the spiritual realm. And God is taking those words to act on. The fourth point is that we need each other. And I'm going to dwell a lot here. And this will also bring in the concept of intercessory prayer. The Christian work is never meant to be lived alone. And next week, as part of this series, Hudson will go into more detail about teamwork, us working together as one body, and each of us having a part to play. When you look at this story that we read from Exodus, they defeated the Amalekites because different people played their parts. And actually, before this time, we had not heard much about her, one of the persons who were holding Moses' hands. Joshua had to obey and go to the battlefield. Some of the men had to join Joshua to go to the battlefield. Moses had to stay behind, go to the hill, and pray. And Aaron and Hare had to be with Moses to help him out in time of difficulty. No role is too small or insignificant before God. As I said, we've not heard of her before, but he was one of those people holding Moses' hands. Without it, victory would not have been won. So there are things that we do here that people don't see, but without it, this church will not move forward. So everything that we do matters. But today we are focusing on one area that we can care for others. One area that we can show that we are a team, we are together and we care for each other. We can care for others by the time we give, the love we show, and standing with people in difficult times. And sometimes we can care for others by standing in the gap through prayer. 
intercessory prayer. Moses was not on the battlefield, but he was up there praying for people on the battlefield. Sometimes people are going through situations that you can't help it, but you can pray. You can stand in the gap and pray. So praying for others, interceding for others, is also a way of caring for one another. It's a way of showing that we care for one another. But when we say we will pray, please let us pray. You know, we sometimes have conversations, I'll pray for you. Let us pray, because as we've seen before, our prayer makes a difference. Even Jesus enlisted the support of his inner circle in difficult times. We read from Matthew 26, 36 to 38. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus himself, he was sorrowful and troubled. Jesus, how much us? Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus came into human form, so he was experiencing the weakness of the human body, just as we do. And he said, stay here and keep watch with me. Stay here and keep watch with me. In times of difficulty, do you have people staying there with you? Staying there with you and keeping watch with you. Jesus needed people to stay there with him and keep watch. You are not meant to do it alone. Brothers and sisters, if you are facing a big challenge in your life and you are here today, know that you are not here by accident. God wants to work on you to use us all to be a blessing to you. So don't go without asking someone to pray for you. Don't go without sharing your story so that we can help in prayer. And stay there with you and keep watch with you. We may not be experts, but we can pray. And that alone, knowing that someone is praying with you, brings encouragement. Hebrews 7, 23 to 28, Jesus is our chief priest interceding for us. He's gone up there and he's interceding for us. He says that now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. So in the Old Testament, the work of the priests were to intercede for the people. But then they die, then another priest comes, they die, another one comes. But thank be to God that Jesus came and he died once and for all. And this priest, he says in verse 24, but because Jesus lives forever, 
The priest that we are presenting to you this morning, he lives forever. We've sung this morning about the salvation that Jesus brings. He's able to bring this salvation because he has conquered death. And this Jesus we are talking about lives forever. He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely. This Jesus is able to save completely those who come to him through God. Those who come to God through him. Because he, he, he always lives to intercede for them. These are wonderful words. Jesus lives forever. He is our permanent priest. And he has saved us completely. And he says he is there to intercede always for us. So just as Moses was interceding for the Israelites, we saw that he was weak. People needed to hold his hands but not with Jesus. He is a permanent priest interceding for us. And therefore, he's also able to save completely. We sang about that, and Stuart brought his testimony. And I'm sure for 34 years, his work has been going on in your life. And that same priest has been interceding for you through the ups and downs in life. He's not like Moses who gets tired He's not like any other human being who can fail you. This Jesus can save completely. So he is our chief priest interceding for us. You see, the English word intercession is derived from Latin. And it means to come between. To come between. So Jesus has come between us and God bringing us through him to God, interceding for us. And that is exactly what we also do sometimes for others. We come in between others and God. When someone is weak and struggling, when someone is in the wilderness, we stay with that person, we keep watch with that person, and bring that person to God. We intercede with that person. We bring that person before God. Paul asked several times for the people to pray for him for his ministry. We are also to pray for others to stand in the gap and pray. So the story is told of Hastin Taylor sailing to China to begin his ministry work. And the ship that he was traveling on was in great danger. The wind had actually died, and the current that was carrying them was very low. And they were going towards an island, a reef. And that reef was inhabited by cannibals. Where the ship was going was in, in, inhabit, inhabited by cannibals, and we know what that means. So the captain had tried everything but to no avail. 
So had Sintela, this missionary, recorded in his journal, and he says, the captain said, well, we have done everything that can be done. A thought occurred to me. So this is Hudson Taylor speaking. And I replied, no, there is one thing we have not done yet. So this is Hudson Taylor speaking to the captain. What is it? He queried. Four of us on board are Christians. Let us each retire to our own cabin and in agreed prayer ask the Lord to give us immediately a breeze. So the ship was going towards this reef full of cannibals. And so they were going to be eaten alive. And Hudson Taylor, this missionary, said, let us retreat into our cabin to pray. So Taylor prayed briefly and then certain that an answer was coming up, went to the deck and asked the first officer to let down the sails. And then the officer said, what, would, what good would this be? And Hassan Taylor said, I told him we have been asking a wind from God, that it was coming immediately. Within minutes, the wind did begin to blow and it carried them safely past the reefs of cannibals. And Taylor wrote, Thus, God encouraged me, landing on China's shores, to bring every variety of need to him in prayer, and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give help each emergency required. So just as Hudson Taylor interceded for that ship and moved it from danger to safety, we are also to bring all our cares and burdens unto God. And you see why we pray in Jesus' name. When we are praying, we pray in Jesus' name because we are acknowledging the priesthood of Jesus. He stands in the gap between us and God. And so when we pray, we say in Jesus' name we've prayed so that Jesus is interceding for us. So just as Jesus broke through and brought Safety to the ship. He's calling on us. No matter the difficulty we are going through, he's there to bring safety and protection. The last point is to remember past victories and God's promises for the future. You know, one big sickness of human beings is forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. These Israelites saw a great move of God in their midst. God opened the sea and they walked through. As soon as they started facing difficulties, no water to drink, they started complaining. They totally forgot of how great God is. 
And so after all that had happened, we read in verse 14 of Exodus. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it, because I'll completely blot out the name of Amalek from under the heavens. God wanted the Israelites to remember. God wants us to also remember the times that he came through and answered our prayers. You see, sometimes what the devil does is that he makes us to forget. He wipes everything clear that we don't even see the goodness of God. We don't see the breakthroughs that has come our way. And all we see is the difficulty that we are facing. But God asked Joshua to tell, God asked Moses to tell Joshua to remember. It's so important that we remember the goodness of God. Otherwise, the devil comes in and makes us to forget. I don't know where you are this morning. Whether you are in the wilderness or not. Or perhaps you know somebody going through difficult times. Or perhaps... You have been overwhelmed by a situation that you are going through. Or you've grown tired and weary, just like Moses. We are humans. And without the support of others, sometimes we grow weak. But Aaron and her were there to support Moses during that difficult time. We are here as a church to support, and that is why the church exists, to help each other, to pray together, to stand in the gap and pray for one another. That is one core duty of the church. And as in summary we've seen this morning, the devil is looking for who to attack. He's always looking for someone within us to attack. God is, on the other hand, also looking for obedient people to stand in the gap. And what God wants us to know, yes, the devil is attacking. He's looking for willing and obedient people within us to stand in the gap. And he's assuring us that, by the way, your prayer matters. The words that you utter means something. And then he wants us to remember all the goodness that he has done in the past. Tonight, we'll be gathering to pray again, to stand in the gap. And if you are available to join, that will be great. I want us to pray Close our eyes, reflect on these words as we bring our time to a close. If you are here and you are overwhelmed by a situation, know that it's not by accident that you are here today. 
Jesus had to call people around him to support him, to stay there with him. We are here to stay there with you. If you know a situation that needs to change, God has put you there to be an intercessor, to bring a difference. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, it says that, Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint nor grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up like, with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wherever you are sitting this morning, if you need us to pray as a church, either for a situation you are going through or as circumstances that you are interceding for. We don't need to know the details because God knows. Wherever you are, just raise a hand. And those around, please stretch your hands and just pray. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.